Hey guys, welcome back to my channel. So on today's episode, I wanted to talk about the mourning process someone goes through when they receive their autism diagnosis. So let's get into today's episode. Before I start talking on this subject, I want to put a little disclaimer in just because I want to make sure that we are all respecting each other's journeys and circumstances. Everyone has different journeys when it comes to receiving their autism diagnosis and after they receive their autism diagnosis and if they even receive their autism diagnosis. Everyone has such different experiences. Everyone has such different circumstances that they have to deal with as well. So I think with that being said, I really want to make sure that I help people who are watching this video feel seen and feel like their journey is also valid. I want to make sure that if there's any sort of like interaction, whether that's amongst each other in the comment section, that we are all respectful of each other. Just know that what you may go through could be so different from what someone else is going through. And likewise, you probably yourself have gone through so many different things that another person won't be able to relate to because they didn't have to go through it so let's just respect each other let's just have empathy for each other and make sure that we all make each other feel valid in our experiences and know that our experience is also valid as well i say this because navigating the medical system could feel so sterile oftentimes because you could a lot of the times feel like if you don't have a diagnosis what you may or may not have is not valid but it's not as easy as that because a lot of marginalized groups, so, you know, women or trans, LGBTQ, people of color, you know, there's so many different factors that plays into the quality of care that you get in the medical system if you get care at all in the medical system. I know there's so many people that have reached out to me and that I've read about that have been waiting years to be assessed and they just are nowhere near reaching the top of that wait list, you know, things like that. And also there's so many people who do not have the financial means to pay for an assessment because this stuff is so expensive, you know? It's literally like a couple thousand dollars at least. If that medical professional is going to give you that diagnosis, there's a lot of times where women will go in to be diagnosed. They've been on that wait list, they paid thousands of dollars and they were dismissed and discounted by that professional and now they have to restart that whole process again. And that could be so discouraging because you don't wanna go through that again. And so some people may be lost in the process of of trying to get their diagnosis. There's so many factors that play into whether or not someone is able to even get a formal diagnosis. So I just wanna say, even though I'm going to be talking about the mourning process after the autism diagnosis, this applies to people out there as well who may not have that formal diagnosis, but knows they have autism. I just wanna say that your experience is valid. And I feel like you probably don't hear that enough. I don't know what it is, but when it comes to like people identifying with something that they have but it's not proven through like a formal medical doctor practitioner or like a piece of paper 
there's something about that where people like to think that you're crazy. People like to think that you're purposely wanting to be diagnosed with these things, which doesn't make any sense because why would someone want to be autistic in this world that is really set up to have us fail? Like, why would you want to be autistic? Why would you want to have depression? Why would you want to have BPD? You know, any of these other diagnoses that people identify with. It just doesn't make sense to me. And I've experienced this a lot as well in my personal life where before I got my formal diagnosis of like endometriosis, autism, ADHD, when I was just talking about this with people in my life, I would get these very skeptical faces of people just saying like, why do you think you have this? How do you know if you have it? Are you sure you have it? And just like making me feel like, making me feel as if I was crazy for wanting to find answers as to why I am the way I am. These people made me feel like I was trying to make myself fit into these boxes, which is just so messed up because it's just like, it, it feels so dehumanizing. I, I really like can't explain it any better than how I just did. So I just wanna say that regardless of where you're at in your autism journey, your experience is valid. And this video also applies to you because just for the sake of being simple, I am saying that this is the mourning process after the autism diagnosis, but this could also apply for anyone out there who first realizes that they are autistic and may have autism and have to now mourn the previous life that they lived and the previous conceptions that they had of themselves and the people in their life. I feel like everyone goes through a very cathartic mourning process after a diagnosis. This doesn't just go for autism, but for the sake of this video, I'm going to stick to autism. I feel like after you realize that there is a reason why you are the way you are and there's a reason why and answers as to why you may have struggled so much throughout your life you now have to kind of like go through your life as if it's this book and let's say you've already read through all of those previous pages all those previous chapters you know what happened you think you know what where the plot's going the main characters things like that but after you have that diagnosis, you now have to go back and reread through those chapters with this new lens of that diagnosis. You'll come to realize as you're rereading those chapters that there's a lot of things that you now have to reevaluate, learn new things, and therefore integrate those new lessons and those new downloads into your philosophy and into your mind. And this process could be so overwhelming, so cathartic. It's honestly a lot of mourning as well. Like you're mourning the death of who you thought you were, the death of why you may have thought certain things may have happened to you or some things that didn't work out. That process could be very liberating. It could be very freeing, but it could also be very, very sad, very heavy. And I just wanted to talk a little bit about that process because I think it's so important. I don't think I see a lot of people talking about it online and I think that it would be really nice to dissect this and process this with you guys. I myself have went through so many cycles of mourning already, pre-diagnosis, 
and post-diagnosis. And I still find myself going through moments of mourning every now and then. It's like, it's like a wave, it comes and goes. I wanna say that because I don't think this mourning process is a one and done thing. I think this is something that will come up every now and then at different points in your life for whatever reason, for you to process again, then integrate whatever you learn during that processing. And then it'll come up again later on. I say this because I, I want people to feel like they're not alone if they relate, because I think it's completely normal to have to process such big information in multiple spurts throughout your life. You know, Receiving a diagnosis is amazing. It can help you learn more about yourself. And objectively, you could ask for accommodations. You could get the treatment and the help that you need with your diagnosis. You could figure out with your doctor what help you need in the first place. They could help you navigate that. There's so many objective ways that a formal diagnosis can help someone. And so I feel like a lot of the times because people are chasing that diagnosis, we idealize it almost like we think it's going to be this huge liberating thing which it is it's liberating in so many ways but also there is a lot of other aspects of this diagnosis like the dark side of the moon that i also think we should talk about like that mourning process when i was first diagnosed i felt this huge sense of relief and inner knowing but that was soon followed up with Reflecting on aspects of my life where I thought I had failed, where I thought I was flawed, but now I had to realize that it wasn't my fault. And I know this sounds like really positive, right? But when I realized that, like it wasn't my fault, I am not flawed, this is just me, it made me realize how many people throughout my life treated me like absolute dirt just because they're crappy, mean people that was taking their trauma out on me, making it feel like it was my fault. And that specific thing is what I really, really mourned when I first got diagnosed. I felt really angry and really hurt. After I received my formal diagnosis, I was reflecting on the chapters of my life. I was getting a lot of answers and I was learning so much more about myself. I was accepting myself on such a deeper level that I wasn't able to before without that knowledge of having autism. But I also started reflecting on the fact that, so I was bullied by groups of women groups of girls throughout my life. It wasn't just like a one or two time experience. This, for me, was an experience I had throughout my whole life into adulthood. I could literally remember so vividly in, in, in all these aspects of my childhood, teenage years, young adult life, adult life, I could remember every single girl, every single groups of girls and women that alienated me and bullied me and made me feel like there was something wrong with me. And before the diagnosis, I had thought that it was my fault because logistically thinking about it, how could it have not been my fault if it kept happening? I, I had to find the common denominator there and the common denominator was me. 
If it was like a one or two time experience, I could kind of chop it up to people being mean. But if it was happening like throughout my whole life and everywhere I went, different environments, different people, and I was still being bullied throughout all these different environments, circumstances, and people, then it had to be my fault, right? It had to be me. And so throughout my life, I kept trying to figure out what was I doing wrong? How can I fix myself? What did I have to do to fit in more, to be accepted more, to be liked more, to not be alienated, to not be bullied, to not be hated and disliked, you know, to be dismissed. And I just could never figure out why. I remember the last time this happened, I was 24, 23. I was working a job as a barista. I had moved on from a previous job where I was being alienated and bullied. And so I wanted to start anew. I wanted a new job, a new environment, hopefully make new friends, um, hopefully feel included. And so I moved on to a job, a new job as a barista. In the beginning, I really loved the environment. I loved the people working there. And I had so much hope that I could fit in and be accepted. Not long after, there was like a group of girls at this job that just started to not like me for some reason. I could never figure out why. I could I could try to like predict and understand why, but I still don't really understand it. And so there's a group of girls that just didn't like me. I would work shifts with them and they would all collectively not talk to me. They would just talk amongst each other and leave me on the side to work the whole shift by myself. I've had groups of girls, you know, in jobs where we're supposed to help each other. They would all help each other, but purposefully like not help me. And so I had to pick up on my my work, but also their work because I was helping them because that's what we're supposed to do. You know, things like that. And so this started happening at this job and I was like, I'm 24 now. We're all adults. We're all graduated. Why is this still happening and I felt like I kept trying to get along with them but it just wasn't working I felt like everything I did and didn't do was wrong and made them dislike me even more and I remember even asking like a a co-worker a guy who was friends with everyone he's very neutral I remember asking him like why why don't they like me what am I doing wrong and he genuinely like thought about it and he was like Irene I really don't know why I don't know it's it doesn't make sense it's confusing to me as well I remember even going up to one of the people in that clique and I asked them like so genuinely I was like why don't they like me what am I doing wrong and even that person within the group was like honestly I don't know honestly outside of just them being a clique of girls and wanting to back each other up I don't know objectively why they don't like you. I was re-reflecting on all of this. At the time, I kept trying to figure it out as if it was like a math equation. I thought I was doing something wrong. I just needed to figure out what that was so that I can change, I could fix it, so that I could help other people feel more comfortable around me and therefore feel more accepted by them, liked by them. But even when I was asking people what was I doing wrong, they didn't even know. So it literally like didn't make any sense, any logical sense. I feel like throughout these experiences, I just felt like even though it didn't make sense, it didn't matter because at the end of the day, like I was the person that needed to be fixed. 
I just didn't know why or how. And so after I received my autism diagnosis, I re-reflected back on all of these instances where I was bullied and alienated, and I felt angry. I thought to myself, would these girls have treated me this way if they had known I was autistic? Would they have judged me less? Would they have been more open to trying to get to know me and understand me rather than picking on me? And I felt angry because I'm gonna try not to cry, you guys. I felt angry because I know I'm not the only person that probably experiences this. I felt angry because it's just not fair. And I'd like to be as positive as possible, but to know that there's people out there that will literally treat you like that for being different could make you feel very cynical because I can't imagine being mean to someone just because they are a little bit different and offbeat and I can't relate to them. Like for me personally, when I meet someone different from me, I think that is so interesting. Like I wanna understand them. I want to get to know them. I want to be lost in their world for a moment and learn something new, like see something new outside of what I understand and experience on the daily basis. But for some reason, like neurotypical people really despise and alienate different people because they don't like different. They like to have like exact copies, exact replicas of themselves because ultimately they themselves do not want to feel different because they're scared that they will feel alienated. They want to feel like they're a part of a group because maybe they feel as if on their own that is not enough. I don't think it's a coincidence that most of the people I've always connected on a deeper level on were people that had something. ADHD, borderline, just people who are different. People who had disabilities, you know, people part of like minority groups, marginalized groups. Not to say like people of color can't bully each other either. A lot of my bullies were people of color. I thought to myself like, would these bullies have treated me better, treated me different if they had known I was autistic? Another thought followed up where it was like, what if they'd known but still treated me like that? They still bullied me. That's even worse, right? But either way, I felt like such an overwhelming sense of disappointment in humanity and in people. That's when I realized it wasn't my fault. I'm not flawed. There was nothing I could have done to have prevented being bullied. And I think that acceptance is what really made me mad, is what really made me need to mourn my past self. Because I was literally trying to figure out for years how to fix myself, how to fit in better. And so when I realized like it wasn't my fault, it was actually their fault for being like that. One, I realized that there was nothing that you could have done and that it wasn't your fault. And I could be empathetic towards myself for that. But on the other hand, I was now a lot more angry that there are people out there like that who are that fucked up.
And that's something that I am still slowly accepting more and more. I feel like I could accept it for myself, but when I think about all the other people out there who are autistic and who are being alienated and bullied just for being different, and I think about all the people who are probably trying so hard to fit in and feels as if there's something wrong with them and they just can't figure out what that is. When I think about that, I just, I feel so, I feel upset. It's just really sad. I did not expect to get emotional, you guys. But it's Pisces season. And I'm a Pisces. And I've been crying a lot the past two months. Not in a bad way, like in good ways. I always tell people, like, you just need to cry. Sometimes I make myself cry because it just feels good after. I just want to follow that up with, like, a positive message. And... I personally feel like people who live with disabilities, people who live with harder circumstances, people who live with disorders, people in marginalized groups, it builds a very specific resilience in a person, a very specific type of empathy within us. It gives us a very unique perspective. On one hand, it's very painful because in many aspects of your life, you feel alienated, you could feel like there's something wrong with you, but because of that, you're forced to have to accept yourself and embrace your own unique self. And I think that is very beautiful. I think that's why we're here on this earth is to be able to authentically express ourselves and the most like unique creators and expressors in life. And I'm not just talking about art, Expression and creation could literally be like the way you code, the way you make your coffee, the way you dress, the way you interact with people. I feel like the most unique, authentic creators are those who have had to struggle to accept themselves for being different. On the other hand, like there are people out there who become victim to the circumstances and they themselves become mean, bitter people who also hurt others. I just want to make sure that I'm not idealizing us in any sort of capacity. I want to create space where we could appreciate ourselves and each other. But I also want to say like there are so many people out there who, you know, that saying like hurt people hurt people. There are so many people out there who are struggling with A, B, and C and because they're not able to overcome it, they use it as fuel and an excuse to hurt other people and make other people pay for their pain. And that's not okay. So to my viewers and to my listeners, what aspect of your life had you had to mourn after your diagnosis? I want you to leave that in a comment section down below. Also write, what was something about yourself that you had thought was a flaw, but now you accept as a very unique, amazing trait of yours? I know it could be a very lonely, painful experience to have autism. I know there's still so many misconceptions about autism and autistic individuals. There's so much more growth and learning that needs to be had when it comes to autism. I know sometimes fighting that battle could feel impossible. Sometimes it could feel very overwhelming and discouraging. 
but do what you need to do to carve out your own space in this world where you feel fulfilled, where you feel comfortable, where you feel like you can shine because you deserve it and you can do it. It's hard, but you can do it. You just have to try. You just have to make the effort. It's possible. So I don't want to hear any of you making excuses. I don't want to hear any of you sulking and feeling sorry for yourself. I mean, you can feel sorry for yourself, but like pick yourself back up, go out there, do what you need to do. You are talented. You have a purpose. You just have to find it and you have to put in the work to fulfill that purpose every single day and to foster a life for yourself that feels authentic and feels good to you. I'm rooting for you. I believe in you guys. And for those who are autistic or neurodivergent that needs a little bit more help, because all of us needs more help sometimes, right? I did decide this past month to open up my one-on-one -on -one coaching services to neurodivergent people in specific as well. So if you go on my website, Self Embark, and you go to my programs, you will see three different programs. I decided to change them. Before, I had the Butterfly program, the Swan program, and the Phoenix program, but I recently changed it to target a more specific demographic. So. Now I added a neurodivergent program to my one-on-one -on -one coaching. If you are struggling with autism or ADHD and you need someone to help you process a lot of the things that you have went through and continue to go through, if you need someone to help you manage some of that executive dysfunction and to help you build a life and a routine that is more comfortable for you, please reach out to me. Maybe set up a consultation with me and see if my my services is something that you would benefit from and if we could work beautifully together. My work is very CBT oriented. I talk to my clients once a week for an hour. That's where we process a lot of things together, but also I like to focus on action-based healing, action-based growth. So yes, talk about why you're sad, why you're depressed, but what are we gonna do afterwards to help you actually get out of that and find a purpose, begin to fulfill those purposes and how can we work through executive dysfunction, stuff like that, right? So outside of those sessions once a week, I. I'm also available to text and I make customized, I call them weekly embarks and I send them out every Sunday. This is where I help you build routines and this is where I also write down affirmations for you to say in your own voice so that we can begin to put some positive thoughts into your mind. I know sometimes we may not have that automatically in our own head so it helps to have someone like me write down positive affirmations for you to say in your own voice. And I do that depending on what we talked about during our session. So let's say on this week's session, we talk a lot about the issues you may have had with how your parents raised you. I'll write affirmations that really targets that specific experience that we process together. So yes, I always leave the link to my one-on-one -on -one coaching website in my description box, but I'm just reminding you guys, since this is like the first time I'm really bringing it up on a video, feel free to browse through my website, feel free to browse through my philosophy, my programs, and if you really resonate, if you really feel like you would benefit from it, shoot me an email, maybe set up a consultation. We could talk about my rates, you could ask more questions, things like that. With that being said, if this video was helpful for you at all, please give it a like. It really helps me out a lot. 
And if anyone else could benefit from watching this video, please send it to them. If you haven't yet, subscribe to my channel. I make new videos every single week. I think recently I've been getting more and more new subscribers. So if you're a new subscriber to my channel, welcome. Thank you guys for commenting. I read all of your comments and welcome to our little community here. I'm really, really happy to have you guys. But yes, thank you guys for getting this far on today's episode. I will see you guys on next week's episode. Bye guys.